up, guys? This is Sam Valentine, a.k.a. One Broke Actress, here with you again this week for another episode of the One Broke Actress podcast. We're going to switch it up a little bit this week. We've been talking to a lot of actors, so we are going to talk to a lovely gentleman today who started as an actor in L.A., but has actually since moved on to writing and directing and sometimes acting in his own films. Here's why I think this is useful. I think a lot of actors, especially nowadays, are doing a lot of work in creating their own things, in creating their own YouTube series, in their own movies, in their own writing, films, etc. I feel like everyone is trying to create, but where do you start? Like, where do you go from? And then, great, cool, awesome, you go through all the work, you film it. And then what? There's so much more involved in that process. And so we're getting into that this week quite a bit. So I want to introduce you to today's guest, Michael Doniger. He is an awesome guy in L.A. who is just working his ass off. And he has been creating his own stuff for a long period of time, starting way back when, when he created a Super Bowl commercial, which um, I am attaching to the show notes of this podcast. So you guys should watch it because it's really funny. So he goes in today to a lot of that, how he started acting when he decided that this area of the industry with little to no control was not really fitting for him and the power in that decision, how he switched and now how he's making his own work and he's more into the writing directing world. Super interesting guy. He has a lot to say and he has some pretty cool stories. I will tell you, in the beginning of this episode was during part of the heat wave in L.A., so the air conditioning in my apartment (laughs) was on. Um, So there's a little bit of a background fuzz, but I promise it goes away eventually. And um, I also promise that I am investing in some new sound equipment at some points. There's some less rustling of the microphones, a little more consistent noise quality. We'll get there, guys. She's called One Broke Actress for a reason. But nevertheless, listen up, have a few laughs, and tune in after the episode for a little bit more from me. Thanks so much, and without further ado, please enjoy Michael Doniger. We're on. Michael Doniger, thanks for joining me. Sam Valentine, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, My first question that I like to ask everyone is just to kind of warm you up um, so everyone knows kind of your background is how did you get to LA? Like what brought you to this crazy melting pot city? Yeah. Well, um, actually yesterday I celebrated my nine years here. No. Kind of crazy. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's like a lifetime. (laughs) When I think about it, it's two, it's, it's high school and it's college plus another year, which is just like, that's a, how many people you turn, you, you go through within your own life, you know, between high school and college. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> God, when you put that together. Yeah, I know. Um, so I, I uh, came out here uh, from New York originally, and um, I studied writing. I was always writing when I was younger, but I, I you know, I, I remember in, in, like, the earliest sort of memory that I have of writing. And at the time, I didn't really think of it too, too much as anything other than, oh, this is fun. Um, but now when I look back on it, I'm like, oh, that that's telling. I remember being in like seventh grade or eighth grade English class and like doing some sort of creative writing exercise that the teacher assigned to us. And I remember just writing like an episode of Friends. And I would do this all the time. And who didn't like Friends growing up, right? You wrote we spec all, episodes? Spec episodes. <laughs> I had no idea what a spec episode was. 
in seventh grade. Um, but I, unbeknownst to me, I was I was writing spec episodes in seventh grade. And when I look back on that, I'm like, holy crap! Like that's really funny, and that, that's that's really telling of, you know, what it is that I should be doing. So anyway, when I got to college and I started taking creative writing courses and screenwriting courses, I was like, oh, this is an actual thing. And growing up in New York, I, I didn't I didn't have any like filmmaker connections and I, I didn't know anyone in, in this industry at all. So um, uh, after after college, I decided to move on out and uh, came to L.A. knowing just a couple of people and, you know, just getting get my feet wet like everyone else. Yeah. And um, all I knew is that, like, I wanted to write. I, um, I mean, I could go on for hours about um, sort of filmmaker inspirations and, and directors and writers who who kind of inspired me to, uh, to, to chase this dream, but it's, you know, we, and we all have our own stories about that and who our inspirations were, but, um, yeah, I, I came on out and, and, and I, I had no idea what I was going to do. Um, I mean, at first I started working for, for a studio, um, and working as an assistant to a casting director for a long time. And, uh, how'd you find that job? Uh, that was, friend of a friend of a friend who like worked at Fox Regency at the time and like I think the first time I'd ever I visited LA once my dad made me come to LA once to even see if I if I liked it my dad's a very like New Yorker (laughs) yeah very practical New Yorker is not the biggest fan of LA and he's like (laughs) all right fine if you're gonna do it you're gonna go you know see it and you're just gonna you're just gonna go live there you gotta check it out so um like Again, friends of a friend of a friend, uh, uh, someone who I had met with on that visit, and then he, I remember showing up to his office wearing a suit, <laughs> just for like... Oh, that's so New York. Yeah, so New York, <laughs> you know, because everyone else, you know, all my other friends, they went to like banking in New York City, so like that was just the culture of just like you dress up and you wear suits and that's what you do, and so I remember wearing a suit to this very just like informal interview, it wasn't even an interview, it was just like, hey, how are you, nice to meet you, and uh, anyway, that guy helped me uh, helped me get a job and uh, at, at within Fox Studio, and um, yeah, so that's that's how that worked, and then I just started making like short films and um, very, very bad short films. Um, <laughs> did you act in them? I, I did. And that was really, I took a couple acting courses in, in college, but nothing that like I was ever, nothing. Yeah. I was never in the theater program. Mm-hmm. Um, I just took some acting courses and you weren't one of us weirdos. I, I wasn't, no, I was, uh, I, I was a writing weirdo. Okay. Um, it's a diff- that's like a it's like a solo weird very <laughs> solo yeah you have to yeah have to wear a knit hat and a scarf and sit under know, trees exactly um and so i started you know writing these short films directing these short films knowing nothing about directing knowing nothing about acting i was just kind of like imitating things as, as an actor i was just kind of like oh yeah like i think i could kind of do that like play the straight guy like that and you know like yeah i'll just act like that so like i had no training or barely any training or anything like that and you know we made these 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 shorts and uh they were fun and and horribly done um but it was a great <laughs> great learning experience and uh that's when i started taking acting uh classes and all that stuff and um improv and um yeah, it, it, it just finally 
figuring out like the foundation of what it is that, that I wanted to do. Because again, I knew I wanted to write, but I was getting this the itch to act and also direct. And but I again, I had zero training in any of that stuff. So um, it was just about figuring it out. As you know, it's kind of like you just have to like try a bunch of shit and see what, <laughs> see what works for you. And not everything's going to work for you. No, most of it probably won't. Yeah, I love that you came out here with no acting training. You just. So your goal wasn't initially to, to act, necessarily. I mean, I think every kid growing up watching TV and movies, like, you're never like, oh, I want to be the guy, um, you know, behind either. the camera. <laughs> because, like, you don't know what that means if you, right. if you don't come from a family in the industry. So, like, you're watching TV and you're like, oh, I want to be like Chandler Bing, you know? <laughs> I want to be that guy. And I'm so, sure people told you all the time, too, that you had a great look, that... that that terrible phrase yeah yeah right which which anywhere outside of LA is like anywhere outside of LA is like oh you're you're you've got a great look you're the king here and then Uh you come to LA and then you're one of a million people who look (laughs) just like you and when you go in your auditions and you're sitting out in the waiting room and oh my god the only difference between me and that guy is our you know the size of our noses, everything else is exactly the same. It's crazy. It's like, I have a friend who has a theory that it's all the prom king and queens from across America just wind up in L.A. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's so true. You'll never feel as good as you do before you leave your house. Were you the prom queen? So I was. Uh, <laughs> I was I was a runner-up. I wasn't. I knew you were on court. I, 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 I have the sash. Do you the sash? Yeah, exactly. I crown and we hang it in the bar. Oh, you still have yours? Oh, of course. Oh. I got a, a real tiara. Yeah, no, I, sure. Should yeah, yeah. Everyone should still have their high school um, sashes. Listen, <laughs> I didn't peek. That's what really matters. But it's true. Like you get here and you realize that it's you are the smallest fish in mm-hmm. the ocean. So how did you deal with that? It's, it, especially coming here as not initially intending to be full-out actor. Like, you got a studio job. So you saw some, like, big league stuff from the beginning, probably. It was very interesting, actually. Uh, my first job was working for... Uh, I was working at 20th Century Studios, and they were casting the pilots for Glee and Modern Family at the time. Wow. And so it was, like, really cool to be involved in that process. And by involved, I mean um, rolling calls horribly <laughs> and getting coffee that is horrible. You know, I... I was the worst assistant ever, just the worst. <laughs> um, but it was really cool to see all these people, you know, coming into the office and and um, either on general meetings or I remember when they were doing studio tests, they, they were there. And, you know, you see Ty Burrell kind of like, you know, just pacing the halls, getting ready for his test. And you got no idea who that is because he's not the Ty Burrell that we now know. Right. You know, and... It's just kind of crazy to see how that all happens. And um, so I actually kind of caught a little bit of the bug there as well, being in casting. And just like, I remember seeing all these people come in, like, I I can do that. Right. You know, and of course, you know, of course (laughs) I can do that, right? Um, You don't need training. Um, But so anyway, I was making some of these short films. And um, the first thing that kind of, you know, was like an indication that it was some sort of success, uh, some small success was um, the, uh, you know, those Dorito commercials on the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. So mine was a finalist in like 2010, 11, I want to say. It was the year that they just opened up the uh, the Cowboys Stadium 
Um, so that's where the Super Bowl was that year. I remember the Packers and the Steelers were playing. And um, <clears throat> so anyway, I was a finalist for that, won a bunch of money from that, and they flew us out to the Super Bowl. And Shut we, up. Yeah, and it was like this little uh, – it, it was a – I put $200 into the making of this commercial. What was your commercial? It's called Elevator Girl. You can find it on YouTube. Um, it's it's actually, it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's about a guy who's got a Most crush. Most radio commercials are. Yeah. Well, this was actually for Pepsi Max. Um, so, But it was the same contest. Okay. So it was uh, Doritos. And it was the first year that Pepsi Max was being incorporated into this uh, competition. And so... I just figured the odds would be better for Pepsi Max instead of Doritos because most people know Doritos, so they'll do that. Anyway, there were, you know, I don't know, six, seven, eight thousand submissions, and I was one of ten and as, as a finalist. <laughs> and so it was cool. like one of the first indications. I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I have just like the slightest bit of talent, right? So I wrote this, I acted in it, and I directed it. And... It didn't. So, and we didn't know whose commercials were going to air. So they flew us out there, and they had cameras on us like during the game. So nobody's watching the game. We're in a suite, and we're oh, watch- so you're just watching commercials. Air we're just watching. Yeah, they, they 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 tell us the block in which commercials are going to be airing. Okay. So, like, uh, so we're going to have two commercials air within the first block, and then so how many we people know- got their commercial aired out of those ten? Three or four. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah for the. Uh, that's nervous. <laughs> yeah. For the six or seven of us, it was not a fun bus ride afterwards leaving oh. the stadium. Yeah, so... Um, so yours didn't ours, make our, the cut. Yeah, exactly. Mine, mine didn't. And, um, but it was just a really cool experience. And, like, I won a, a ton, uh, like just a lot of money for it. And what was so cool about it was, growing up, I admired these filmmakers like Ed Burns and John Favreau, these guys who had, like, gone out and made their own movies. You know, they were the writers, the... <clears throat> the directors, the producers of, of their own, of, you know, they were controlling their own destiny. And so I had a script written of like a, just a small little movie that I wanted to make. And the winnings from being a finalist allowed me to make that movie. And it was just kind of like the perfect timing of things happening. And That's so, awesome. yeah. And like I had the script and I wanted to do like a small little movie like Ed Burns had done. Uh, many, many times. Um, but the one he had just done at the time, I think, was called Nice Guy Johnny, which he shot for, like, I don't know, some small, ridiculous number. <laughs> and, you know, I just kind of, like, studied a little bit of, like, how he did it and got some people together, and we went out, and we made a movie over, I don't know, it was, I think we shot it in March 2011. And um, shot it in, like, a 5D. We were stealing everything. We've got... A, a lot of shots from the Grove. <laughs> don't tell the Grove people. Um, but it was it was like a the, really the run in shoot it run yeah, in. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're just mic'd up. Okay, we don't have permits. Just go and shoot. Um, I really hope I'm not going to get in trouble for that. Um, but that was like the that was such a great experience because I had never directed anything of any like real importance before, and so I wrote that. And I starred in it, and I also directed, which is the hardest thing to do in, in my mind is to direct and oh, yeah, to we're star. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's hard. Um, and so anyway, that movie did quite well, and um, that's how I got my first agent manager after that. And so, Which film was this? This was my first movie called uh, This Thing with Sarah. Yes. It's a small little rom-com, um, and it was, it was like just a really fun experience. And I learned a lot. That movie was my film school. I had never gone to film school. Um, 
and I just learned by failing so much. And, and you know, luckily we, we didn't film so much because the movie is actually something I'm very proud of. And and I think for for the scale that it was made on, it's it's uh, it's quite good. Um, How long did it take you to make it? Because it's a it's a full film. It's a full it's feature. A full, full feature. Uh, we shot in 14 days. Um, yeah, we shot in 14 days and. But we did a bunch of pickups afterwards because, like, we started editing it, and then we're like, "Oh, okay, well, this doesn't work, and let's just go out and grab a camera and just shoot this." And because you were right there, because so we were right there, it. exactly. And um, yeah, so it was a small uh, filmmaking team between me and my producer and, and our editor and the actress um, Amanda Brooks was great, and and so like everyone was just kind of like really um, so nice with their time and like understood that like, hey, we're not out to you know make a gazillion dollars here we're just trying to make something cool and so everyone was kind of down for the cause and uh um yeah so those reshoots were actually pretty so it was probably 14 days of principal principal photography and then i don't know four days of of reshoots uh, or additional photography um yeah so that was that and then that movie did well and um that allowed me to um the success of that movie actually allowed me to go out and raise financing for another movie that I'd written uh, with a writing partner of mine at the time. And so we were able to get more financing for this next movie, which I decided. Exactly. Let me ask you this. How did you, um, so the movie is complete. You finished. It's all on hard drive somewhere. Like logistically, Mm -hmm. now what do you do? Because I feel like a lot of people have something they've worked on or something they, you know, they want to do, but they don't know, you know, once they get it on camera, they're like, and now what? Yeah. So what did you do? Did you submit to film festivals? Yeah. Did you, is that the route yeah. you took? Yeah, we submitted to film festivals and um, we premiered at the, um, we played at two film festivals. Um one was the first one we premiered at was here in LA called Dances with Films, which is right at the Chinese Chinese uh, theater in Hollywood. And then the other one was the San Diego Film Festival. And we, um, I think, what happened was at San Diego Film Festival, one of the board members or someone was connected to the distribution company that ended up picking us up, and they liked the movie, and they that's how we got distribution for it. So awesome. yeah, you could check it out. It's on the internet, you know. <laughs> iTunes, Amazon, it's out there. Yeah. So, so then that was your domino to go to the next film. Yeah, and what ha- so after that, um, it's all. Yeah, I got my first agent and manager, and I had no idea. Is that a really good agency too? And I had like no idea what to like expect, and it was all very new, and. I kind of really fell in love with the acting of it all and I still didn't know I still didn't have a passion and appreciation for actual directing even after making that movie um and so after that I just got so caught up in like I want to write I want to act directing because editing is you know that movie took almost a year to edit because we're we're working with basically zero dollars and so we're working with people's free time right and 
So it just took so long. And I remember that editing process was like, I, don't, I can't, like, spend all this time just direct. Like, I want to do other things. And, like, you know, if directing means that you're in the edit for a year and, like, that's not what I want to do. I want to be doing all these other things, you know. And so I got discouraged only by the post length of, of that process. But um, so then after that, I just I was like, all right, I just kind of want to act and, and write. And uh, that's when... Like, I just started, like, really auditioning for some awesome stuff and pilots and movies and all this great stuff and coming so close to, you know, big things. And it's absolutely heartbreaking, you know. Will you talk about that a little bit? Like, how the... So you... It's a little different because you came out here... I mean, you started making your own stuff. So yeah. then you go into the audition rooms and then... I had no idea how to audition. It's just a train. It's like a train wreck. I mean, audition rooms are always a train wreck if you're set up to fail. <laughs> That's. I, I mean, like I rarely, I, like I didn't really know much about acting. Um, like I'd written a role for myself. That I was like, I could do this. You know, I wasn't like transforming myself into. <laughs> you wrote you know, your own words. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I know like my quirks, and I know like how you know things to make myself look funny and stuff like that. So I just did that. And so I just did like a, like a version of myself for, for that movie. And that's the stuff that like, I really want to just continue, you know, going out for you know, that's very like network TV stuff. And, and I had some really good success on, in the audition process for just like sitcoms and stuff like that. But then, you know, you know, when, when you're, you get to the end and they don't pick you and you're just like, God, this is, this is just so frustrating. But it, it took going back to getting used to auditioning. It took, it took a good couple of years to just say, can I, can I curse here? Oh, absolutely. To just say, fuck it. Yeah. And you know, like not care and, and know that you're probably not going to get it. So just have fun. And it's really hard to say that when it's your, when it's your life, right? I think it's easy to say. I think it's harder to do. Yeah. Right. Yes. I think it's, and it's funny how across the board, everyone I talk to, that is the same thing everyone has said. They're like, the day I was like, fuck this. And they're like, I still did my research and my work, but I was like, don't give a shit. And that's always when you book it. Always. Always. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, um, I auditioned for for this uh for a sitcom it's for the lead of sitcoms like a how i met your mother type sitcom um you know like a romantic sort of you know friends sort of thing and um like the specs you were writing in high school <laughs> yeah right and uh i remember going and it was straight to producers and like all these people were in there but it was at this point where i'd been auditioning for for about four years at this point. So, like, I'd gotten quite comfortable, but I was also at that stage where I'm, like, acting for me was becoming less important. Mm -hmm. And so I was really at the fuck it stage. And I remember going in there. I felt great in the audition, which I I never do, but for that one I did. (laughs) And I remember calling my agent uh, afterwards or emailing him afterwards. I was like, I'm... I'm 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 going to be testing for that. And I've never said that ever. And he's like, "Okay, we'll see." And the next day he's like, "Well, you're testing for it." And I remember this like and it was for I don't want to like start bringing up like what the what the show was or who the producers were, but it was huge. And <laughs> it like it's the exact reason why you're like, "Oh, so this is the high that you you're supposed to feel, you know, when when you 
um, when you think about just coming out here and, and quote unquote making it right, and or at least coming so close. I had never quite gotten that that high before, and I remember was it just like, um, it was a stressful. No. Oh well, this is what ended up happening with that pilot. <laughs> so, I, I get the they start making the deal for the test, and I remember seeing these emails. I'm like, "What are you doing?" Like to like my my team. I was like, "What are you, what are you doing? Just say yes to the money." I don't know. Stop, <laughs> stop negotiating. <laughs> yeah, stop. Stop. What, what are you? What, there's no negotiation here. You just say yes. You take it. <laughs> And they're like, no, this is how it goes. Why, well, right? Um, but after, and 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 this is actually part of the process that that sucks. And most of it sucks. Some of it's great, but this is the part that really sucks. So you're getting ready to test. Then you get a call one day. Hey, so they offered it to so and so. So uh, you're not testing. I'm like, oh. How long did you have between your audition and your test? Uh, it was supposed to be like. It was supposed to be a week, but I'd heard, I'd heard like after that weekend. I remember, uh, I think I got a call like on a Wednesday night, and then I heard like on Monday morning that they had offered it to someone else, and um, you know, there's a chance they don't take it, and then they'll come back to the test, you know. But that's what you learn is that <laughs> as an actor, you have zero control over anything. And for me, coming from like I'm a very entrepreneurial. Um, sort of spirit and and like I need to make things happen. Um, I am not good at waiting. Patience is uh, not one of my strong suits. And so that's one of the, I remember this happened like two pilot seasons ago and I just got so discouraged. I was like, ah, that's kind of it. Like I'm just kind of like lost my passion for acting and um, I, I really enjoy it as a hobby, but like as a career, it's not like what I have to do. I have to write, I have to direct, but like as an actor and acting is so fun, but it was, it was after that process that, um, that I was just kind of like, eh, you know, if I never, if I never really, um, get any sort of acting success that that's okay. As long as I kind of make that decision now, because I was kind of, in between, you know, it's kind of good at all things, but not great at any one. And I think I think it really serves um, serves your best interest to really figure out what it is that you're great at and just do that. Um, and that's when I kind of decided that all right, I'm I'm probably just going to focus on writing and, and directing. And um, I've yeah, I've, I've I think it's the right decision. Um, and it, it's so freeing after making that decision. It was a hard decision to come to. And my agent still sends me out on auditions. I'm like, well, if I have something to do, I'm not I'm not going. Like <laughs> I just like I'm I'm not I'm not letting it take over my life like it once did. As you know, yeah, it's, oh, it's you it's, get it on a fr- you get the the sides on a Friday night. Your weekend's now lost. You're canceling all plans. You're um, if you're lucky, if it's on a Friday, right? If it's not, it's, it's a Tuesday for Wednesday, and it's like, well, dear all my bosses, exactly, <laughs> right? Please forgive me for ruining your day. And I just didn't have it in me anymore to continue doing that. Um, I have a lot of respect for that because I think there are a lot of people who are so deep into this process at this yeah. point that can't take a step back and see that it's 
might not be for them. And I question myself all the time. I'm like, do I still want to do this? And there's no other answer for me other than yes. So I know what I'm, I know that that's my track, but I, I think there's, there's so much respect in realizing like, you know, there's a lot of other things I'd rather be doing that are also helpful in this area. (laughs) So if I can do that, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Um, especially if you were seven years in and you had tested for pilots, like that's farther than a lot of actors get. Yeah. To be at that point. That's, that's pretty cool. Well, I think you have to shit or, or get off the pot. And when you make that decision is, is very, very difficult. Um, I was probably 28 or 29 and just, you know, you're inching closer to 30 and all your friends back home are getting married and the whole thing. And you're just like, yeah, I'm still, you know, exactly. (laughs) You're still just trying to go on another audition. (laughs) I'm just going on another audition here. And, you know, and, um, I was just like, I, I think I have so much respect for actors who want to make it their, their life's work and want to really make it a career. And when I say like really make it, not just like want to be actors to, you know, because it's fun and it's like the people who put in the work and I have so much respect for those people. And I never really thought of myself as, um, I did that for writing and I did that for directing and, you know, when, when I, when I see my actor friends or, or I, I just directed a movie and the actors in it were just like beyond amazing. And I'm like, I couldn't, ne- like, they care so much and the amount of work that they do and they put in and their thoughtfulness for each line of dialogue and, and their curiosity for everything. I remember I just like get something. Okay. Yeah. Like I was kind of yeah, this works. All right. I'll figure it out. I'll say, you know, instead of like questioning things and like really trying to make it your own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I have that passion for writing and directing. I just don't have that for acting. So that's when I was just like, okay, it's, uh, it's probably the the right decision. So when you, the, the film you just completed, Mm -hmm. um, when you were like working on that, Obviously, you have a group of people that you are used to working with now that probably, you know, you've worked with quite a few times, which is so cool. And I think that's, I ultimately think that's the definition of good networking in L.A., by the way, is like <laughs> working with your friends a couple times. And yeah. Like your network. Uh, but how do you then, like, pick actors for your films? Like, is it all your friends? Have you had auditions? Um, like? So with... Um well, getting back to what you just said, so I just wrote and directed and produced a, um, a movie, my second, with a friend of mine who, who I met at the gym that we both know very well. And it's funny, like the re- relationships I've made with people at that gym, or, or you know, because LA is such a weird city. You don't like the way you meet people, right? Yeah. It's kind of it's crazy. So, Mark Di Cristofaro and I have produced two movies together now, and I mean, I. I we're such a good working team because he's just so good at what he does and, and, and production and, and he brings a great uh, amount of experience and, and he brings along a great team with him and I handle the creative side for the most part, you know, and, 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 um, was so this, like, was this the escort? So the escort, yeah. So that was the first movie we produced together, and then I did the table read of that. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, you did. That was like probably I don't know, 
I think it. we did the table read like a year before we ended up shooting it. So that, that was at least like four and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. Five years ago, I think. Yeah. So we did that movie, and then um, that movie did did well and allowed us to go out and raise more money for for this one. And actually, so I, I, I wrote this movie um, originally for me to, to star in, and then I was like, again, with just realizing what it is that I really want to do, I was like, you know what? And because... I wanted to direct this. I didn't. I didn't direct the last movie, and and in the last couple of years, I'd, I'd really gotten to a point where um, storytelling was like just number one for me. Like I, I need the, I need to. I mean, I hate to sound like a control freak, uh, but like I, I want to have a big say in every single facet of the process. So and all those days in post. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, if you do it right the first time. I learned you don't have to have all those days in post. Oh, is that how it works? It's all about preparation. <laughs> and so the more prepared you are, the easier your post is. Oh, so that's that true. it took it it took me nine years to figure that out. But once I did, this we actually we started shooting this movie in May. May first we started shooting, fifteen day production schedule. I don't know how we got this movie done in fifteen days because the first movie that I said we shot in 14 days, that was shot on, like, a 5D camera. Mm-hmm. This one was, like, a much bigger crew. And, like, the setup, like, I don't even think I had a shot list for the first movie here. We were doing 34 setups a day, which is insane. That's incredible. Yeah. And so, again, just goes back to preparation and, 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 and having a team of people that you've worked with before or who you trust. And, uh, yeah, it kind of all goes back to trust and um, – I feel like we got off topic. You you asked a question, then I uh, went back to... No, that was great. Um, I was asking how, if you do... Oh, like the, the casting, casting process, thing. right. Yeah. So, um, we, I mean, we hired casting directors. In the last movie, uh, we had a, a great casting director, Matt Maisto. Um, he wasn't able to do... So, you know, he, you know, his process is he's got relationships with all the agencies, and, you know, he puts together lists, and, you know, we go through it, and, you know, we start sending out offers. Um he wasn't able to do this one and, and uh, this last movie that I, that I just directed called, uh, called Brampton Zone and so we had some great casting directors uh, Jordan Bass and Lauren Bass brother-sister duo they're fantastic and um, yeah so I mean they were able to um, you know convince some very big agents that their clients should do this movie and uh, I'm so glad that's, they did that's kind of funny because you never think about casting convincing agents I always think of the other way around, like agents being like, come see my people. Right, right. Yeah, well, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with the agencies that, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the big, the big agencies, they, uh, have an attitude, um, I don't want to say attitude, they, they're just, um. Oh, I'd say attitude. (laughs) Let's. How do I put this? Um, they uh, they they understand where they are, and they you know a lot of times they feel like, especially coming from like an independent film, right? right. I mean, I'm not. This isn't Steven Spielberg offering a movie role. This is this is an indie also. film, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's also getting them to convince their clients that why during their um, TV hiatus that they should do a movie that's going to pay them next to nothing. That's the, you know, and so for an agent to do that, so you think that they're getting 10% on 10% of a lot of these 
great. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the finances of anything, but, like, they're getting paid very little, right? Uh, Hollywood is running money. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't know that by now. And so, like, you think about it for, from an agent's perspective. Well, okay, the amount of phone calls and emails that I'm going to have to do to convince this client to do it, um, it's just not worth my time. Plus the right? time to read the script. And exactly. The, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't even know if the agents if actually read the, read the script. I mean, they definitely send it off. What they do is they have each agency has a covering agent on the on the script, and they have, I'm sure, you know, a uh, a breakdown of the script and what it's about, and the agents just probably read that, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is the best thing I've ever read. Yeah, no, we'll try to get my client in it. And then the next day you call back, so, like, will your client like it? Um, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, oh, it's yeah, that. exactly. So, do you you watch audition tapes and stuff? Yeah, well, so so um, with with that casting process, so uh, Lauren Jordan, what they'll do is um, for for certain roles, for the lead roles, we uh, we sent out just straight offers for a couple of roles that um, they deemed worthy of of just bringing people in. You know, uh, sometimes with with, with the lead roles, you're not going to get, you know, actor X, who's the lead of a TV series, to come in and, and read. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a small indie, right? So that's why those are typically more offers. And, and the, um, the non-starring roles um, are, are typically more um, Audition-based, and so we, yeah, we had uh, we held auditions, and it was actually interesting. It was the first time we had cast a kid, um, and that was an interesting process. Seeing all these kids come in, and funny enough, the kids went for the adults for the for the adult um, roles that we had come in. They came in with their sides in hand, and and they were all very good, but they had their sides in hand. All the kids. Not one of them had sides. They all had it memorized, and they were amazing. And it's very interesting to see that. Oh, that's pretty telling. Yeah. I'm surprised all the adults had sides. Um, I guess kids are also... I mean, not that they were reading off sides, but like just had sides in the hand. hand. Yeah, that's it. And and usually, thinking about... It's very, it's a yeah. personal choice. Yeah. I don't, I can't have them or else I flap them around like I'm yeah. away. Yeah, it's a little... It's a little distracting yeah. for me, unless I'm like, unless I use them as a, like a prop or something. But yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's really funny. And did it, did you think it like the kids were? I'm sure they were great. Kids are fun to act, they, watch because they're like if their parents are willing to drive them around to auditions. I think that's I think why put them through the ringer. I, I, I think that's why they don't have the sides. I, I mean, think about if our parents were dropping us off at auditions. What, what do you mean you're going in the sides? No, no, no. You're going to have that memorized, and you're not going to bring in your sides. So Can if, you imagine yeah. how tight that would be if your mom just dropped you off and you have to find parking at your auditions? <laughs> that would be so awesome. I would say it would be six hours a day. Oh, my God. Just yelling in the car. Why am I doing this? I'm finding parking for a a role that's like uh, I'm probably not going to get. And this is a short-term memory. You forget about the audition right after you left. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, as soon as you come out of the audition, you're like, oh, I I felt good. Ah, You forget about the whole, you know, 10 hours that it it took to prepare for the audition and to cancel all your plans and cancel work and everything. So, okay, so let's go back to um, the Ben Affleck. <laughs> the Ben Affleck? Yeah, um, directing yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that like? Because I think I would be terrible. 
It's the hardest thing to do, I think, uh, in this business because um, acting, good acting, requires you to be 100% present. And good directing requires you to be to be overseeing everything at the same time. I, I, well, while the camera's rolling, you as a director, you only really have to worry about what's behind uh, the monitor. You know, you're not you know, what's in that frame. You're not you know watching anything else outside of what's in the frame. But um, you know, leading up to 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 action, you are you know you're in constant you know just decision making mode and, and all this stuff. But once action is called, you have to just be worrying about what's in that frame. So, and getting back to why it's so hard is because when you're in a scene and you're the director and you're opposite another actor and you're acting with them, it's your job to also be watching them and seeing if they're doing it the way that you want them to be doing it. So you have to be able to do that while also, you know, remember your lines, (laughs) remember what you're supposed to be doing as an actor. Um, And you also have to think about criticisms for that, that actor, right? Because like, you can't just be like, oh, they're, they're doing it wrong. It's, it's, uh, oh, no, she's not doing it right because, like, uh, she's giving more anger instead of uh, regret or whatever, you know, the... Do you feel like you tend to put things on, uh, uh, as an outside perspective, I feel like that it would be really easy to put stuff on the other actor in the scene if it's, like, you and someone else. It would be easy if, you, if it's your vision and you're the other actor is it hard not to put like your perspective onto them? It's like, Oh, actually I wanted it this way. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially uh, if you're in control and you're the other actor, I feel like that would be so much like pivoting around their performance. Well, so another reason why it's so hard. And you know, when you say Ben Affleck, look, I would love to have an opportunity to shoot two pages a day and be the actor and the director. Cause that's a different, that's a different experience. Uh, you know, when you're shooting 11 pages a day, you don't have time for in-between takes to necessarily rehearse with the actor. So rehearsing is an absolute necessity in, in, in my mind. And just even if it's not just like getting the lines down, it's just figuring out the characters. That's what the rehearsal's for. And we don't have time. I haven't had the the luxury of having any any time on, on these movies to do like a week rehearsal period or anything like that. I've never filmed anything you know? with rehearsal time. No, you just like show up on the day and you know, all right, let's uh, let's block out the scene. Actors here, okay, yep, you guys are going to do this, right? And uh, okay, okay, and then you you finish all the blocking. You tell the camera, hey, so we're, the marks are going to be here, 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 and then take the actors. Hey, guys, okay, so I like what you did um, in rehearsal here, but we're gonna let's you know let's change it this way or, or that way, right? So then, while they're in hair and makeup and wardrobe, that's when they have to figure out okay how to fix the scene while the director is off, you know, with camera department and they're setting up the shots and all that stuff, right? So that's why I struggle a lot with acting classes that insist on like forty hours of rehearsal too. <laughs> what rehearsal for like like for, like, like for for, for scenes that you're saying like a scene like yeah. a scene so like, it 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 ekes me for that reason because I feel like you don't get prepared for a film set theater mm-hmm. hell yeah right probably way better than anybody at theater if you can do forty hours of rehearsal at anything but like that 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 pace that you're talking about it's and pace. even if you you have everything figured out you get there you're gonna get different sides when you're in the makeup chairs oh yeah. Yeah. So that's a whole new world. So back to what you were saying. Um, no, so 
as a director, like I love doing all of that. I love every single part of it as a director. Um, I love I love the blocking. I love the rehearsing. I love all of it. If I'm the actor, also trying to figure out the scene with another actor and then have to worry about all the other responsibilities of the blocking and this while I'm also like, okay, you can't suck. Like, you can't suck. <laughs> you just can't. Because if you do, then this movie's going to be bad. So you can't do it, right? And I was just kind of like... For, for this movie in particular, I was like, we're going to be shooting. We're doing this in 15 days. We're going to be shooting. Some some days we had five pages a day. Uh, or let, you know, some days we had 13 pages. Oh, and it's it's crazy. So I was like, you know what? It's best for the movie to not have me act because his directing was not like that was not negotiable. I had to do it. So if, uh, I was just like, all right, I'm not going to I'm not going to act and we'll get a great actor and we got a fantastic actor who is he's just amazing this Australian Alex Russell who is in a ton of big stuff and I'm like I wrote this role for me and it's so interesting like how he made it his own yet I see so many similarities of like of of the character that that he brought to it um, a lot of things I would have done and then so many things that he did I was like yeah I could never do that like he's just so good <laughs> you know and he just thinks about uh, the specifics here and there a little bit uh, differently and um, yeah so do you have any specific examples of that by chance um, I think he no I, I mean there's just certain things it, it it's hard to point out um, you know, but like sometimes he'll, um, I, I remember he, uh, in, in one take for, for a scene that I ended up getting cut out of the movie, you know, <laughs> not because of that, but uh, you know, he did this little thing. He, he just like turned around. He just like improvised something just with his body and he just let go. Right. And for me, if you've gathered anything from this uh, podcast episode, it's like I like control, right? And so it's hard to um, it's hard to to be to just kind of let your body and mind run free within the confines of memorizing your lines and all that sort of stuff and understanding the character. Um, I love improv classes. I loved all that stuff, but you never had to like memorize lines and like you know remember how to hit your mark here and there, like. <laughs> I think they're two separate things and um, you know when you're doing it in the movie <clears throat> when you're shooting as quickly as we were doing it there's very little time to just kind of like explore and so when you find those moments to do it um, and you see these actors do it it's 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 like magical and you're like yeah they're they're just in a different class it's always a little scary to do too because you're using people's time and time is money mm-hmm. and so if they, if it doesn't work then you just cost like yeah, exactly. But we were so lucky because um, the actors are were so nice. Uh, I mean, we had so Alex Russell, who's he's the star of uh, this new CBS show called SWAT. Um, uh, he's in this new movie called Only the Brave that's coming out. It's like the, this big firefighter movie with Miles Teller and Josh Brolin coming out this fall. Oh, cool. Um, uh, Rose MacGyver, who's the star of iZombie. We have Gene Smart, um, who's just in everything and is amazing. Uh, Scott Porter, who's, you know, Friday Night Lights fame, and uh, he's in Heart of Dixie for a long time. And 
Um, I've had so many great actors who have such great experience, and especially in TV, because that's huge, because in TV, as you know, it's just fast. You don't have, you're not shooting two pages a day on TV. You're shooting uh, eight pages a day in TV, right? And so we didn't have much time for to allow them to, to do a lot of takes. And so they really did make the most of their takes. But um, more so than anything, like they were, they were professional, they were really good, but they were really nice and respectful. And like when they have an idea for something, they're not just gonna be like, hey, this is what this is what I'm gonna do. It's like, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? Right. And so it becomes a collaboration, which I which I appreciate. Um, and going back to what you're saying, there's not a lot of time to kind of just like do things and see if it works. You know, there's, there's, there's some moments throughout the day that just, as we're rehearsing a scene, it's, you know, we'll, one of them will say, Hey, can we try this? Or this line's not working for me. And I'm always, I, I mean, I would prefer that an actor say a line that I write that, f- and they reword it the way that it comes out of their mouth uh-huh. in a, um, just in a natural way because that's the best part about having a writer director uh, on set with you. Oh yeah. Because you could get, <clears throat> you get a writer and a director and the director's like, yeah, however you want it. But the writer's like, no, you got to say it, you know, exactly how, yeah. or, or and they might not even be there too. Right. 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 Um, but I don't care about that. No, it's, it's like all about collaboration at the end of the day. It's all about how good is the movie. And like, we're going to make the best movie that we can. Um, I sometimes see actors on TV and movies say a line, and I'm, I can see it on paper. I don't know if anybody else ever does this, but I, I see, I hear people talking, I see them acting, and then I like can mentally trace it back to like a written script, and yeah. I can see their character's line, and I can see them just hating that line. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, God, I wish that someone would have just let them change it a little. It sounds so stupid. Like, yeah, oh, well, and that happens a lot in TV because TV's a, a writer's medium, and yeah. the directors. Uh, you know, holy word. Yeah, the, the the director on set is uh, for TV is is uh, is not the boss necessarily. It's that's the showrunner. So yeah. what they say goes. And, but yeah, um, I, I never understood that. I mean, obviously, I do. It's it's all about ego. But like, yeah. you gotta <laughs> just let that go, and it's about well, making it's the best working. product. Clearly, it's working for you. Well, I hope this movie doesn't suck because. <laughs> If it doesn't suck, then maybe it is working. If it does suck, then maybe I should have made them say the line exactly as written. We'll be, we'll be the judge. Um, I have one last question. Mm-hmm. What is, if you could take yourself back, a la nine years in one day, mm-hmm. if you could go back um, and also for actors who are coming in, because we have a lot of new actors who listen to the podcast and are involved in the website too, what advice, tip, I mean, it could be like wear sunscreen. I don't know. But like, what would you tell yourself when you first came out here? Um, and it could be a couple things. Y- yeah, you know nothing. <laughs> John Snow. <laughs> you, you, yeah, exactly. You, you know nothing. So try everything, um, and it's try things because just know that you're going to fail because you can't succeed at everything. Um, it's fine to fail at more things than it's probably par for the course to fail. It's definitely par for the course to fail at more things than you succeed in. Um, I don't think I have anyone I actually like as a person who's not a failure in some aspect. Yeah. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck those people. It's not my, not my group. Everyone's, everyone fails. The people who say that they don't are, yeah, 
they're not my friends. Um, but just if, again, for me, I didn't, I didn't grow up with a camera in my hand. I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the eight millimeter camera, you know, and shooting all this stuff when I was younger. Um, the curiosity of all the, of the actual filmmaking came later for me. I, writing was always something I was interested in, but all I knew was that I wanted to be in this business. So, um, the, the regrets that I have are, you know, not being as patient as perhaps I, I, I should have been. And, and that's a hard thing to do. Patience is hard because especially when, when you move out to a foreign city, you probably, I mean, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to give myself a year. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. You had a t- you yeah. Are I mean, Taipei, yeah. Jesus. Well, it wasn't even a year of like for success. It was like, I'm just going to try this for a year. And then I kept liking it. But then I was like, okay, well, what's, how are we going to judge success here? Right. And, but it's really hard to, to time cap that. Um, <laughs> Especially when you start to create a life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I would just say for me, I wish I let go a little bit more and just kind of like allowed myself to, um, to, to do the improv classes earlier. I didn't start taking like real improv classes until I was in my, uh, you know, mid to late twenties. I should have done that when I first got out here, you know, I should have, I should have tried a bunch of stuff early on and then really see, cause it took me really seven and a half years to know what I wanted to do. I wish... I found that out. I figured that out three years in, you know, so I wish I explored more early on. Yeah. I think that's, that's what I would say. That's a great answer. Oh, cool. Well, thanks for being nice. <laughs> thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Um, so if people want to see um, your films, uh, your work, if they want to find you online, where can people see your mug, blah, mm. blah, blah, how can they find you? Well, uh, you could type my name to Google. Um, I've and done that. You should do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always do right before comes yeah. over. Yeah, <laughs> before I go to bed every night, I just <laughs> check to see what, what's on what what's, page. Um, yeah, you could you could check out my. Uh, I have two movies. Uh, this thing with Sarah and the Escort. You could check those out on either iTunes or Amazon, um, and a bunch of other um, outlets that I SVOD outlets that I should probably know a little bit better. Um, but everyone has iTunes and. Amazon runs the world, so you could find it there. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're just actually wrapping up my other movie these next two weeks. We'll have it all finished and start submitting to festivals in the next couple of weeks. So you know, that'll be another you know year process of like, all right, now what do we do with this movie? So Brampton Zone, right? Brampton Zone, yeah. Cool. Exactly. Social media. Social media at Michael Doniger, D O N E G E R. Um, I say nothing interesting on Twitter. Um, except about how bad the jets are, and my Instagram is mostly stuff of my niece at this point. So quality, yeah. I like a little family friendly and stuff. Yeah, cool. exactly. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. This Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Guys, that wraps us up for today. Michael, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. That was awesome. I hope you guys got some gems of information from a different side of the world you don't always hear from. Um, I want to, as always, thank Maggie Zabo for our beautiful theme song. And I want to thank you guys for listening in. Honestly, this is going amazingly. You guys are sharing it with your friends. You're rating. You're reviewing the podcast. It's it's awesome. So please keep doing everything you're doing. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Valentine at One Broke Actress. Go on to OneBrokeActress.com 
read some fun stuff. I am working to improve and better them all the time. And uh, anything you want to let me know, all of those places are a good way to find me. And let me know what you want to hear, what you want to know about, what stories you want to tell. So get a hold of me, guys. Uh, Leave a review. Share the podcast with your friends. And that's the end. (laughs) Thanks so much, guys. I will talk to you next week. (laughs) 